0: Fans will probably remember John Bradshaw Layfield for one of his runs in WWE. As Bradshaw, he tag-teamed with Farouk in the Attitude Era as the Acolytes, also known as the APA. Later, during the Ruthless Aggression Era, Bradshaw would morph into a totally different character, that of JBL, and would main event the Smackdown brand and become WWE Champion. Bradshaw started his sporting career in football, having signed with the Los Angeles Raiders, but he was released before the 1990 season began. By 1992, Bradshaw had transitioned to pro wrestling, debuting for the Global Wrestling Federation based in Texas. Bradshaw had a full and varied career, utilizing an entertaining, roughneck, stiff Texan style in the ring, no matter which persona he was inhabiting. He would retire from full-time wrestling in 2009 to pursue outside interests, later returning to the company in a commentary and managerial role. However, throughout Bradshaw's career, there have been many reports of him attacking other personnel backstage. Even viewers watching at home weren't safe, with Bradshaw providing some of the worst commentary in WWE history. In this video, we will take a closer look and exactly why John Bradshaw-Layfield is one of the most hated men in wrestling. There is one allegation that arises again and again from people who have been around Bradshaw backstage in WWE and that is one of bullying and intimidation. Many WWE employees have either reported witnessing Bradshaw throwing his weight around backstage or say that they themselves have been the target of his harassment. The list of former and current WWE personnel that have come forward with these allegations is long but they each have their own story to tell. ECW legend the Blue Meanie says that he felt the full force of Bradshaw's fists in the most public way possible on television in front of millions of fans. At the ECW tribute show One Night Stand in 2005, Bradshaw hit the Blue Meanie so hard he punched open the staples that he'd had inserted into his head the night before causing blood to pour out of the wound once again later the blue meanie posted on his myspace page it's no secret that bradshaw never liked me from my first day in wwe to my last bradshaw's stiff punches to the blue meanies head wasn't an accident and he even considered filing a lawsuit against him in the days after the attack. The blue meanie would eventually back off on the lawsuit, however he would still get a measure of revenge when WWE decided to capitalise on the animosity between the men and booked them in a match. Meanie's longtime tag-team partner, Stevie Richards, clattered Bradshaw with a savage chair shot, which was a receipt for his friend's treatment at the time. The exact reason that Bradshaw beat up the Meanie in the first place is unclear. Some say that Meany had been writing bad words about Bradshaw on the internet, while Bradshaw himself in an interview with WWE.com said, The incident with Meanie had nothing to do with any old heat. I don't even know the guy, I couldn't care less about the fat little kid. For other alleged victims however, it seems that Bradshaw's bullying was completely unprovoked and they felt it wasn't possible to fight back. It seems more cruel to pick on non-wrestlers as Bradshaw allegedly has done on multiple occasions. Not even announcers, referees or women were safe. Charles Robinson and Billy Silverman came over from the rival organisation to work as referees in the WWF. Silverman and Robinson in particular became whipping boys for the bullies. According to Silverman, there were many abuses, with one of the worst occasions being when Robinson was held down and stripped before being bound with tape and gagged. Robinson was then attached to a cart and wheeled around the arena backstage naked for everyone to laugh at. Silverman also alleged that Bradshaw threatened him with violence if he didn't carry large amounts of his liquor across the Canadian border for him. When Silverman quit his job with the WWF, he specifically cited Bradshaw's behaviour towards him as the main reason. Former ring announcer Justin Roberts worked for WWE for 12 years. He released a book after he'd finished with the company entitled Best Seat in the House where he gives a first-hand account of the bullying and harassment he faced during his time in the company. Roberts stated that Bradshaw repeatedly told him to go and kill himself each time they came into contact and referred to Roberts as dipshit and numbnuts. Roberts also relayed a story in which he had his passport stolen on a tour of the the UK, meaning he couldn't fly home with the rest of the crew and had to visit the US Embassy in London to get the situation sorted out. Justin Roberts didn't name Bradshaw in the book he chose to keep him anonymous instead. John Morrison confirmed that it was him in an interview with He said that Bradshaw had asked him and his tag team partner at the time, Joey Mercury, to steal Robert's passport for him, but they both refused to do it. In a long deleted tweet, Bradshaw refuted the claim that it was he who took the passport from Robert's, saying, I didn't take Justin Robert's passport. Could have been anyone. He was hated by the whole crew. He's an idiot. Dave Meltzer reported in his newsletter an incident where Bradshaw went after a non-wrestler member of staff who had taken time off from WWE to look after a parent who was dying at the time. Bradshaw reportedly abused this individual for taking time off under the circumstances to look after that parent. The target of the abuse was speculated to be Lillian Garcia, the ring announcer. Garcia was reportedly reduced to tears backstage after the tirade from Bradshaw. Bradshaw had reportedly also previously dumped a bucket of ice water over Lillian Garcia's head while she was asleep as a rib. Pro Wrestling has always had a culture of ribbing and prank playing. The question is, when does ribbing become simply making someone else's life on the road a total misery. In Jeff and Matt Hardy's book, they wrote about one of their early encounters with Bradshaw. They wrote, Alright then, Bradshaw said, I'm going to give you boys a little assignment. I want you to buy two six-packs of beer. On the drive home, I want you to drink them and throw the bottles at road signs. Okay, I said, even though I was pretty sure we weren't going to do it. The next day, we were in Charlotte. Bradshaw pulled me aside and said, Hazardi, your mission was fairly simple. Were you successful? What's that? Did you get the beers and throw them at road signs? No man, we didn't. We don't drink. All we had to do was lie. We should have lied. It would have been a lot easier. Bradshaw was pissed off in the worst way. For the next few weeks, we'd say hello to him and he'd just say, go to hell. We'd go to shake his hand and he would look at us, not extending his hand go to hell. Her match was next, so we went to the ring and wrestled, and when we came back, her bags had disappeared. Her clothes, her money, her credit cards, everything. The room was completely empty. Then Bradshaw came walking in and said, What's wrong, guys? In his book, Adam Copeland on Edge, Edge wrote about a time early in his WWF career where he was encroached upon by Bradshaw while naked in the showers after a match. The light shining into the shower was suddenly blocked out. I looked over to see Bradshaw standing there in his 4K cowboy wrestling garb. I went back to soaping myself up until I felt a large calloused hand placed on my tush. I knew both of my hands were in front of me, and I had a sinking suspicion I knew what crazy Texan was lathering my ass. In an interview, Rene Dupree described Bradshaw's presence backstage and some of his tactics. Go watch the movie Dazed and Confused, it has a character played by Ben Affleck who basically flunked himself out of high school for the sole purpose that he can come back and haze the young kids coming from junior high and hit them with the stick. That's the best description I can give of Bradshaw. He never personally does anything but he gets like people under him, like the military a lower-ranking person, to do his dirty work for him. Dupree debuted in WWE at the age of 19, and he says that he was subject to regular abuse from Bradshaw. In a shoot interview, he said, He's a piece of He's a racist. He used the term every time I walked into the locker room. Steve Blackman has always been considered a genuine badass, the kind of wrestler who could make you his bitch if he really wanted to. Surprising then that Bradshaw took a pop at him. Bob Holly relayed the story in his book, The Hardcore Truth. Steve and I were waiting around when Bradshaw came over. It was an early morning flight and John was still drunk from the night before. He started patting Steve's ass. Steve said, John, I don't play that knock it off. John patted him again and again. Steve was getting brutally pissed. He told him, John, next time you do that, I'm going to knock your teeth out. So of course, John did it again. Steve whipped around and backhanded Bradshaw, popping him with jabs in the face. John started swinging and missing and his head was snapping back with each of Steve's jabs. Steve stepped back, planning to kick Bradshaw's knees out, but he got his leg caught in a bag handle. Al Snow and I grabbed Steve, Ron Simmons grabbed John, and we pulled them apart. John was walking back and forth like a bandy rooster, looking to fight. Before we left, Steve told him, I'm going to kill you. He meant it too. Bradshaw approached Blackman later in the day to apologise, but Blackman refused to accept the apology, with Blackman saying again that he was going to kill him. At the arena, word had spread amongst the locker room that Bradshaw was in big trouble. If you have something to say to me, say it now or I'm going to end you in front of everyone, Blackman warned. Bradshaw ended up sincerely apologising to Blackman who graciously decided to back off. While it's no surprise that the wrestler, dubbed the world's most dangerous man, snapped in the face of Bradshaw's bullshit, it's more surprising to hear that Joey Styles did the same. It was during WWE's 2008 tour of Iraq, where Bradshaw had reportedly spent the majority of the week severely intoxicated and decided to make Styles the latest target of his abuse. It's not known whether Stiles snapped due to a build-up of bullying or a single comment, but either way, he couldn't take it any longer. As other individuals moved in between the two men to try and break them up, Stiles slammed Bradshaw with a huge right hand, leaving Bradshaw with a black eye that was still visible on Monday Night Raw a few days later. It's unclear as to whether the punch knocked Bradshaw out, but it was said that it shut him up for the rest of the overseas trip. According to other backstage reports, Bradshaw spent the majority of that Monday night alone in the locker room, being very quiet and spending time with his head down, emailing people on his phone. In the wider context, Bradshaw managed to piss off a country of fans when he got banned from Germany for throwing up the Nazi salute and goose-stepping around the ring. It was June 2004 and the WWE were on their European tour, stopping off in Munich, Germany for a house show. Bradshaw was teaming up with Booker T to take on Eddie Guerrero and The Undertaker in a tag team match. During the match, Bradshaw made the Nazi salute not once but numerous times and then went goose-stepping all over the ring. The taunt nearly caused a riot to break out in the arena amongst the fans and Bradshaw ended up being banned from Germany because of it. Nazi saluting and goose-stepping is actually illegal everywhere in Germany for obvious reasons although Bradshaw didn't seem to care. In an interview later, he said, I'm a bad guy. I'm supposed to incite the crowd. I've done it for decades. I really didn't think anything of it. I know how bad it is. I've lived in Germany. I draw the line between me and my character. By the end of June 2004, Bradshaw would become WWE Champion. The transformation from Bradshaw, the tag team partner, to Farouk into JBL, the cowboy hat wearing heel happened in the blink of an eye. Before we knew it, JBL had defeated Eddie Guerrero for the WWE title. This video isn't about JBL's in-ring work or his on-screen persona and I know some people will disagree, but I think JBL made for an effective bad guy and I like strong heel characters. Personally, I really enjoyed seeing Bradshaw as WWE Champion. I wouldn't call him a wrestling god or anything, and I would have preferred to see a three-month-long reign instead of a nine-month-long reign, but I still enjoyed it. After losing the belt to John Cena at WrestleMania 21, JBL would be reduced to US title level before starting to wind down his in-ring career and moving into commentary. JBL's move into commentary was ill-advised to say the least undoubtedly he was one of the worst most irritating commentators in wwe history and listening to him on raw made a three-hour show feel like a six-hour show in an interview with rick bassman on his talking tough podcast bradshaw was asked about his reputation of being a bully he said you know i could have deserved it i don't know we were younger we broke balls and i was a loud guy from the safe and a lot of people, I think, took that wrong. Whatever you believe about John Bradshaw Layfield, there are few others in wrestling with this many allegations about their behaviour backstage.